All right. Assalamu alaikum, family. It is your brother Ben X on the Brother Ben X podcast with my special guest, our special guest, Sister Wendy Muhammad. Uh, those of you all who follow me for a while know that we've interviewed before talking about business and um, economics. And uh, during this time, she and I found it's very important for us to talk about some solutions during this time with the coronavirus and the pandemic with people being sent home and don't know how to make any money for themselves. And we know that uh, the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan says that business is the activity of life. And you have many animals, you have many creatures that go out and do for self. But we who are human beings who are called the glory of God do not know how to do for ourselves and we don't know how to pivot uh, when things happen. So we're bringing her on. And before we get started, sister, I want you to give a little bit about your uh, your background as well for those who wasn't able to uh, see the first one and they can get a little bit more familiar uh, with you. Well, assalamu alaikum, brother Ben. Wa alaikum salam. Nephew Ben. <laughs> <laughs> um, so thank you for having me on and to have the, you, you just hit on a couple interesting points in your introduction and I'll, I'll get into my background, but you said that animals get up and get out here and do for self, but somehow as people, um, that's been taken away from us. And I, and I think that's an interesting conversation for us to have. Um, my background is, is in business. Um, I have a dual degree in finance and accounting, um, I started out in public accounting, moved into business consulting, uh, real estate sales and development. And um, and then ultimately, um, with my own businesses, I have some really powerful partnerships, um, one in which um, I'm a partner in the ownership of a micro hospital in the DMV area. Um, for those of you who don't know what that is, that's D.C., Maryland and Northern Virginia. And we have a, a few other businesses. Um, I'm a franchisee partner with a Massage Envy franchise in Silver Spring. I do business consulting, real estate development. I'm also currently um, rebuilding and renovating the former mansion of the Most Honorable Elijah Muhammad, uh, creating a cultural center to demonstrate his legacy of economic development and his instruction to us to do for self. And so the whole idea is to really honor him and 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 really show my love for him and the most honorable and the honorable minister Louis Farrakhan and what they've taught me and showed me. And some of which, you know, we'll be able to share uh, on the show today with your guests. Absolutely. So where do you think um, people should start now who have who have jobs, who've been working a job all of their life? And they just now found out how maybe uh, not important they are uh, because they was easily let off. Now, we have some people who are uh, on paid leave, but then there are some who are not on paid leave. They still got bills to pay. Uh, they still got food. Uh, the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan, just to say it again, has warned us to get at least three uh, months of food, uh, supplies, water some people don't have it to get so what do you think the first step is to kind of tackling this thing well the first step is to just recognize the need and i've been saying for years through my mind of an entrepreneur brand and program that um there are some of us that do for self by choice because we want to make a difference and that's just our calling uh for me 
I'm, I'm an artist. Business is just my canvas. So that's why I do it. There are others who just can't find a job because they're disenfranchised or marginalized for whatever reason. Maybe it's their background. Um, maybe they don't have the skill sets. And then there's others who will have to do for self out of duress mm. because um, they won't be able to find a job or their jobs will let them go or the jobs won't give them what it is that they feel like they need in order to take care of themselves. So the first thing to start with is in a, in a situation like this, you don't really have the luxury to kind of be playing around trying to discover your authenticity, you probably need to eat now, is figure out how you can solve a problem. So we're all at home. Some of the best businesses are businesses that solve problems. Right. That's why healthcare is such a great industry, because as long as we continue to be, you know, to eat bad food and not take care of ourselves, healthcare is going to always be viable. There's some industries that are recession proof or depression proof, like healthcare, like the funeral business. But how do you solve a problem? Right now we're at home, people need delivery of what? Food, other supplies, things that they want. I was just thinking the other day, um, what if you found a way to go in and help people get their nails done? I heard you talking about you needed a haircut. Yeah. <laughs> how do you get that done during times like this? How do you keep yourself groomed? Is there somebody out here that offers those services that can come up with a solution? I don't know. Maybe they need to come over your house in a hazmat suit. I don't know. But the point of the matter is figure out how to solve a problem. If you do laundry, how do you deliver laundry? How do you clean people's laundry? People are going to have a whole lot of laundry after this. Mm. They're going to need their houses clean. After being in the house for two, three weeks, house is probably dirty. Probably needs a good scrub down. So... What business can you do to help with that? Um, there's all this online stuff. You know, you're doing a podcast. You do an amazing job as an influencer. There's that. What can you sell online? What can you do? But sit down and start with the problems that maybe you have and how you may need to solve your own problem. And then you can start to develop a business. The first thing I do want to say, though, before we move further is to think about our ancestors have been through this before. And it's really in modern day history. You don't have to go back that far. You don't have to go oh, back. Wait, to wait, 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 one second. They're saying they're hearing a echo. One second, guys. My bad. I didn't know that. Uh, let me see. Um, mute. My bad. Wait. It should. Wait. Y'all shouldn't hear an echo. Somebody said echo is gone. Yeah, there shouldn't be an echo now. It says. Uh, that is muted. Uh, you should be good now. Okay. Is that good? Yeah. So I want us to think about, you know, sometimes we look at these things on television and we think we're the first person to go through it or it's so hard, but it's just been in modern day history, maybe as early as the 1900s where people came through the depression and there were more millionaires made during the depression than just about any other time in history before Silicon Valley and the internet. So We've been through this before as a people and as a country and as a culture. And so the first thing we need to understand is that if they were able to do it without the Internet, without the technology that we have, then we should be able to figure it out. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. So let me ask you this. Um, 
What do you think uh, is holding a lot of people back? Because there's a lot of people who knew this already, that they should be getting different streams of income. Even the scripture talks about having different streams of income just in case anything happens in the land. Um, even those who have heard and supported the Honorable Elijah Muhammad and the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan, because people call me or text me all the time or DM me, say, man, I read Messi the Black Man. I got Messi the Black Man. I read that book. But in that very book, it talks about the economic program. It talks about doing for self. It talks about get with like-minded individuals. And I say all the time, and I'm pretty sure you're going to say it again to drive it home. It's not always about the strategies. We can go online on Google on youtube and find a thousand strategies on how to make money like she just mm-hmm. said you can go cut people hair you can go do hair you can go matter of fact i think charlamagne the god i was listening to him the other day he said you can start a business because there's so many older people they can't go out and buy tissue you can start your own business picking up delivery uh, yeah delivery business or something like that mm-hmm. so there's many ways to do it but it's the mindset that's stopping them from doing it so what do you think in the mind that's going on that's stopping our people that has them afraid to go and do the solutions that you're giving us you know how old folks say they don't believe fat meat is greasy (laughs) you from texas you know that um a, a lot of it is that we we just don't we just don't believe this just sounds good and so we don't believe it we know they're all we think that there'll always be somebody there to save us we, we want to be saved. We want somebody to discover us. We want somebody to help us. And and some people are just digging their heels in the sand and saying, I don't believe it. I'm not going to put three months worth of food in my house. I'm not going to get up and do for self because I know I can always get a job. They just don't believe. And until they turn that corner, there's nothing you can do about it. But then there's people who are awake a little bit, who kind of get it. Um, what's holding them back a lot of times is fear. Mm. They're, they're afraid what do I do without this infrastructure that I've been in love with so long what do I do you know we, we're talking about delivering food and and you know you can you can start a business where you go and buy fruits and vegetables and deliver them to people but a lot of people are afraid to do that and so that's why you hear me talk about mental strategies even more so than business strategies because a lot of that is stuff you can look up in the textbook right but it's how do you get your mind together so that you can figure out what it is you need to do to get up and do something for yourself after you first believe that you need to get up and do something for yourself let's talk a little bit about uh your success because when i put out the um when I put out the, the Instagram page about you buying the Honorable Elijah Muhammad's home back, there was a lot of people that was excited um, about that. So can you tell us a little bit um, about that journey and what you plan on doing with it? Because I know we talked briefly about it a little mm-hmm. bit about entrepreneurship, but being that we're talking about entrepreneurship, that building is going to be very paramount and, and important to the entrepreneurship in our community. So can you talk about that a little bit? So um, be it the will of Allah, the building will be a beacon of entrepreneurship and a demonstration of the tremendous love that I have for the Most Honorable Elijah Muhammad and the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan. That's first and foremost. And in a way to honor him and show the world who he was. You know, um, what I one of the things that I've been on a mission to do is to show people that those of us that accept Islam as our religion and those of us in the nation of Islam we're people mm-hmm. and we're probably just as normal as you we have a few other disciplines that maybe the next person doesn't have but
but people don't know us and they don't know who we are there's a lot of rhetoric out here about the most honorable elijah muhammad but no one knows who how he lived so to be able to walk into that home and see the first floor of that home replicate the way in which he lived the level of grandeur the beauty and to really be educated about the number of historic and iconic people that walked into that house during his time and how influential and incredible he truly was um, is something that I think will inspire people. And so it's designed to really encourage people to get up and do for self. I really want to help uh, launch a wave of entrepreneurs among our people and really create an economy of conscious entrepreneurs that are not just mimicking the barbaric way in which we've been taught to do business and not to mention the barbaric way in which business was done that got us to this country in the first place. But I'm talking about a conscious way of doing business that has been taught to us by the Most Honorable Elijah Muhammad and by the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan. And those are things that people don't know about them because the press kind of tends to spin the story and focus on certain things. But the way in which they clean us up and resurrect us and, and teach us how to conduct ourselves and the level of intelligence is, is unmatched. And so in this home, the idea is to preserve it, um, to, to demonstrate to the world uh, who this man was from an economic and entrepreneurial standpoint, and to really make it the home of the mind of an entrepreneur. So the idea is we'll do day tours and we're going to combine uh, art, culture and technology with like augmented reality, um, holograms to really tell the story in a different way. The building, the building will have an alive feeling. So it won't be like most museums you go to where there's static displays. You will walk through there and feel like he lives and these teachings live and it'll have a movement to it and so we'll talk about doing things like day retreats i would love to have someone like yourself come and do a day retreat for youth who are interested in entrepreneurship and we bring in great speakers and have that conversation teach people the life saving teachings of how to eat to live mm. and you know you don't really understand how life-saving it is until you get off the program and then you find your way back to the program and you watch your health turn around overnight. Hey, listen, family, if you want to learn how to build your own banking system, yes, I said it, build your own banking system. We have a wonderful course, over 30 lessons, 25 hours of content that also comes with a 268-page textbook, yes, textbook, it's going to teach you how to build your own private banking system with your family. And let me tell you something. You don't have to be rich in order to do it. Inside of this, go to privatebankingblueprint.com, privatebankingblueprint.com, and we're going to show you exactly how you can build your own private banking system for your family. Guess what? Say buy the credit. Say buy the debt. I'm going to show you how to do it with our private banking blueprint. See you there, privatebankingblueprint.com. What are your thoughts currently about uh, the black community and um, entrepreneurship? I think that we are doing a decent job, believe it or not. We're, th there's, a, there's a media kind of spin out here or a pop cultural spin that we ain't doing nothing. Mm -hmm. But there's a lot of us that are 
working, that have businesses, that are making money. Um, we, we just don't always hear about it and we don't get the press that, that we deserve. Should there be more of us and can there be more of us? Absolutely. But there is in fact a lot of us that are doing a great job, that are very professional, uh, that are making money, that are millionaires and on their way to be billionaires. Uh, we, we are very impactful and powerful survivors and right now we're thriving as a people. It's just that we need to get the information out there about those that are on the right path so that we inspire other people. Um, I mean, at the end of the day, Brother Ben, everybody's not going to be inspired by me and you. Mm-hmm. You know, they probably think we're corny and dumb and don't get it. <laughs> and and that's, that's what, that is what it is. But those that are inspired by us are those that we can influence. Speaking of the pandemic that we have going on, I know you are, uh, I don't know if it's owner or part owner of the hospitals. So can mm-hmm. you tell us a little bit about that? Because people, like you say, always say we're not doing anything, but we do got people who doing things. They got, we got people who got schools. We got people right. who got franchises of restaurants. So tell right. us a little bit about the, uh, the hospital and yeah. you know, what service you, you, you guys have and things of that nature. Mm-hmm. So, yep. So I'm a, I'm a partner with a hospital. It's a micro hospital. And I'll explain what that is in a minute. It's called the Minimally Invasive Vascular Center, MIVC for short. Uh, my business partner is Dr. Jeffrey Dormu. Um, the website is MIVCMD.com if anybody wants to check it out. Um, and basically, uh, you know, you will probably see me a lot of times as more of the face of the hospital because he's always in surgery. Uh, my business partner is a phenomenal surgeon and he really cares about his people. He's one of these doctors you don't hear about that much, but um, he is triple fellowship trained, double board certified, and he is out there saving lives and limbs. Over the past 10 years, we've saved over 30,000 lives and limbs. And what a micro hospital is means you have different categories of healthcare facilities. You have like a community hospital, which may have like 100 beds, And then you have an ambulatory surgery center. We're in the middle, meaning that we have everything a a regular hospital have, but we only can keep you 23 hours and 59 minutes. Mm -hmm. And so um, I was the lead developer and designer and just kind of trudging the way through and getting the hospital approved and built and developed um, based on a business model that my business partner and I put together uh, together and um you know, it, it was a big challenge because a lot of people thought, you know, we shouldn't be doing it. And and um, kudos to him because um, he he had all the faith in the world. He would go do surgery and I was on the construction site battling <laughs> and and we won. Mm. And so there's a lot of us out here that are doing stuff. There's not a lot of us that have hospitals, but we have franchises. Uh, we got restaurants. Uh, you, you know, we're we're not in the condition that the media would have us have you think that we are in. There's more of us that can do things. And my hope is that the home of the most honorable Elijah Muhammad can be a center for conscious entrepreneurs who want to come together and make a difference in our community, be an example for um, others who want to get into entrepreneurship and really be a way in which we can create this economy that's investment worthy and that shows the world that they can do business with us and they should do business with us because when we're excellent, we are really superior. When it comes to the youth, um, 
there's many ways that people teach the youth. Uh, how do you teach the youth or how do you suggest somebody teach the youth about entrepreneurship? Because there's a, a there's a there's a group of people or or, or or even online that always say that youth don't listen. The youth are hard headed. They don't respect their elders. They don't get it. So how do we connect with them and teach them in a way that they can understand business so they so that so that they can be interested in doing something for themselves as well Mm -hmm. let me tell you um when i first started the mind of an entrepreneur movement my thought was to start that for grown people Mm. right um i don't have any children i have nieces and nephews but I, i wasn't really thinking about that i was just like let me just teach people like myself how to get up and do something for for themselves and how to do business and I surprisingly found that the youth gravitated towards the book and the movement more than the adults did. Wow. And so what I learned from that is that the youth are ready. They're ready to learn. They're right. And I think and what I found is the way to teach our youth is the same way you teach an adult. Because I didn't discriminate. There's no little kids business class. Teach them real business. Teach them about return on equity. Teach them about ROI and and teach them about margins and how to develop their business. You know, I didn't take a kiddie uh, business class, but I was really keen about business when I was a kid. So, you know, I think we teach them just like we teach the adults. Mm. Many of them are better at math than than many adults anyway. Right. (laughs) And uh, (laughs) so... They can they can figure their numbers out and get it together. And I and I think part of what happens is, you know, when you hear this, oh, the youth don't listen and the youth don't do this. There's there's a bias and a discrimination in that. Mm. But I'll be honest with you. What I found is that the youth that I've been around, like they want to roll. They want to hang. They want to learn. They want to be in the discussions. They want to hear it. And the best way is to just let them roll with you. Let them see how you set up your podcast. You know, I saw your cute little son at Savior's Day. You know, he should know how how his dad sets up his podcast and what he does. You'd be surprised at how his brain will pick that up probably faster than you did. Mm. So what we're going to do, do you have anything else you want to hit on? Because there's a couple of people that want to call in. So I'm going to allow them to call in and ask us some questions as well. So those of you guys who are in the comment section, I've seen somebody who says they're interested in learning more about the hospital. Uh, Anybody who got a question about entrepreneurship, especially the youth. If you guys want to call in, you can see the number right there in the chat uh, right now. And then we'll, uh, we'll put you guys right in. Brother Ben, can I give a few books that people should be studying? Or you want to talk about that later? No, you can do that now before they call in. Okay. So there's a few books I wrote down, things that have been key to me. Um, One, of course, is The Study Guides by the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan. And it's called Self-Improvement, The Basis of Community Development. Mm -hmm. And a lot of people are asleep on those study guides and the power that's in those study guides when it comes to business and personal development um so that that is one the other one is the science of getting rich and the science of getting well by wallace g waddles and one of my favorite books which is going to be the premise of the second mind of an entrepreneur book is the master key system by charles f hannell what was the second book name the second one is the science of getting rich what was what? What's one of the main things that you got out of that book? 
what's what's one of the main key points the science of getting rich what i got out of that one was mindset and it's all about mindset and reprogramming your well, mind okay whoever this whoever this is that called in turn us down in the background turn down the volume yes please okay okay after she finishes her point we're gonna get right back to you go ahead sister. okay thank you so the main thing is mindset you have to remember that many of us don't have the benefit of going to muhammad university of islam or elevated places we don't have the benefit of that we came through the public school system that trained us up mentally physically and and technically to get a job and so you have to retrain your brain and things books like the science of getting rich the master key system and even the science of getting well um help you to retrain your mind and and i'm a spiritual person so i add the spirit into everything in the way that the self-improvement basis for community development written by the honorable minister lewis farcon weaves in spirituality into the self-improvement process to me gives you that magical boost that that you'll need when you move into some of these other books. And then of course you can get my book, The Mind of an Entrepreneur. Absolutely. Peace. Welcome to the Brother Benes podcast. What's your name and where you calling from? Hello, my name is Isaiah Williams and uh, I'm calling from Tampa, Florida. I'm so happy to be on here for a second, get some knowledge. Thank you, thank you, thank you for doing what you do. Um so I had the opportunity to see uh Miss Wendy Muhammad um on the podcast. Um, last time and I actually had a couple questions for both of you um, first I want to start off by saying um, or if I have the time a couple questions but first I want to uh, say that I like the statement where you said Miss um, Wendy the dollar is your best friend um, that was just very that kind of touched me in a, in a different and gave me a different perspective on life but um, something one of the first questions that I have um, is I also watched, um, you know, kind of watch you often. So I wanted to ask, how do you schedule with so many things going on? Like, do you have any techniques or any apps that you could recommend? Because me, myself, I'm currently a college student and I have work. I want to start something. I, I find it hard to, you know, juggle these things. Can you, uh, you know, your input on that? <laughs> Sister Wendy, you want to go first? Yeah, I can go first. Um, so first, let me let me um, clarify. Is it Isaiah? Yes, ma'am. Let me clarify, Brother Isaiah, um, that statement. I think we were talking about the psychology of money the first time that I was on with Brother Ben X. And I was saying that my grandmother used to tell me that my dollar was my best friend. And I had to unpack that when it came to me figuring out how to make money because I felt like if I didn't have any money, I didn't have friends. So, in fact, God or Allah is your best friend. The dollar is just a means in which you use to create the experiences that you want to create. And so that you can navigate in this world and fulfill uh, the, the, the dreams and the goals that you may have that have been assigned to you by Allah or, or, or things that you just decided you want to do for yourself. So I just wanted to correct that. Um, in terms of time, um, whether it's time management and organization, one of the things that I think it's important that everybody learns is project management skills. And project management skills will allow you to do more than one, two, or three projects at one time. 
And using a project management system helps you keep things prioritized. It helps you understand how to communicate to your stakeholders or a stakeholder is somebody that is that you're responsible to communicating with. Um, those are the things that those are tools that I think that we need to teach not only just one another as adults, but uh, youth that are in college like yourself, because, um, you know, the thought that you're just going to get to do one thing at a time is, I mean, that that's a myth. You got to learn how to multitask and you got to be okay with that. And my my advice would be uh, chunking. There's this uh, thing called chunking where you bring things together, you group things together and you do those all at one time and you don't make it to where it's too um, overwhelming for you. So for me, I may be uh, downloading a video and as I'm downloading a video, I'm editing a video. And as I'm uploading a video, the video that I just downloaded, I'm editing that one. So I'm doing like three things or two or three things all at one time, because what happens is in our mind, the reason I suggest you to do the chunking thing, because when you think about doing one thing, then another thing, then another thing, you get what you call over analysis paralysis to where you got so many things that you got to do that you don't get anything done at all. I don't know if you experienced that, but that's what I kind of used to go through. So what you do is you want to get you a list, make you a list and focus on one thing at a time she talked about multitasking but when you're more but when you're multitasking be thinking about doing multiple things and getting them done within maybe like a a, a time period but that one thing that you're doing you want to put all of your time into that one thing then move to the next uh because i was reading this book called thoughts or things and what happens is when you're thinking about doing the next thing while you're doing something the book talks about it becomes irksome you, it, I mean, it, you get real agitated because your mind is on doing something else so mm-hmm. when your mind is on doing something else when you're doing this first thing you're not going to do this first thing right it's almost the example that i gave yesterday is like somebody who has a clothing business if you got a hundred shirts that you got to put stamps on or designs on and you always thinking about this next one because you got a hundred you're going to find out you messed up on uh, uh shirt number five you messed up on shirt number 25 and because you didn't put your energy and time into that one doing it right you're going to end up having to do it over again because they're going to send it back to you so i would say focus your mind on one thing at a time but then chunk these things together and make sure that you're hitting it because what happens is if you don't get anything done that 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 causes stress the honor but Minister Louis Farrakhan says stress comes from lack of duty. So if I got one thing done, I got one video done, then I can move to the next video. Then I can move to the next video. That gives me confidence every time I complete something. A lot of us don't complete anything. Like I want to start a movie and I, I may do the first scene, but I got so much pleasure or instant gratification of me doing that one scene that people give me an applause. I don't even finish the whole movie. So just chunk it and do one thing at a time would be my advice. Yeah. Okay. Um, thank you for that. Uh, so I downloaded it down to two questions, my main question, so I don't, you know, take up too much time. Uh, but my second question is, there was another session that you um, had, Brother Vin, um, and it was on uh, virtual real estate or online real estate. Yeah, digital right? real estate. Correct. Digital real estate. I wanted to know if you had any um, resources or books that you could recommend um, on how to get it, because there's a project that I want to start as far as like, you know, apps and things of that nature. Um, Do you have any 
you know, input on that? Absolutely. Uh, my book, uh, not my book, but we have a course called Digital Real Estate. So anybody who's listening who want to get any of our financial classes or courses or learn how to own your own bank, just text ABS class to 555-888. That's ABS class, all one word to 555-888 and one of our team members will give you a call and sign you up and the whole concept of digital real estate is this you know facebook is land okay instagram is land youtube is land when you buy land you still got to pay property tax or land taxes whatever the case may be but i can build something on it and i can make money from it so there's different ways that you can make money with digital real estate so what do you mean by digital real estate brother ben see i got a hotel a hotel is you're paying me maybe $100 to leave my post up for 24 hours. See, when you go stay at, at the hotel at Hilton, you don't stay there. You may stay for a week. You may stay for a couple of days. So now I got money coming in from my platform and it was only borrowed time. Then what you can also do is you can have a mortar property. You can have a, a particular a platform and on this platform, not only am I putting in value, I got a brother who's putting in value. I got a sister who's putting in value. This value is videos. The benefit of having digital real estate is if I got a, a piece of land, I can only put so many homes on there. But when I got a digital real estate on this piece of land, which is the platform, I can put a thousand videos up, which means I can put a thousand homes up. The more valuable my home is or the more valuable my video is, the more money I receive. So this month, we're going to probably bring in on one of the pages that I have, uh, I think like 13,000. And we, it's about four of us that manage that page. And so if, we, if you look at the cash flow of physical real estate, that's good as well if you got those multiple properties. But on the digital real estate, um, I don't have the risk that some people have when it comes to the physical real estate. So some people, they talk about keeping the people in homes. Like around this time when there's a recession, money going out, a lot of people got to Section 8. They may do well, but then some people, they may want to leave their home. They may can't afford it. But you can always watch my video, whether if you're broke, whether if you got money, whether if you don't got money, you can always watch the video. So your eyeballs is my currency. So during this time, it's actually going to increase the value of the videos because y'all at home. Y'all ain't got nothing to do. So it's going to make y'all want to watch my videos a lot more. So that's just a little bit that you'll get. But then think about this with the digital real estate. After you got a thousand people or 10,000 people watching you, now you can create your own product. And after you create your own digital product, this digital product with this is no expenses. So if it's a physical book, I may have to ship it to you. With the physical book, I may have to make the book over and over and over again. That's the expenses. But once I get one book, which is an ebook, and I can send it out to you just via your email, there's no expenses on me. So the same way you work nine to five for somebody else, or you may work 12 hours for somebody else, with my digital real estate course, I say, hey man, what if you built your own brand? Not selling, 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 but giving value, value, value. And you got an ebook and you sell just 10 books or 20 books a week. If I sell 20 books a week, how many books is that a day if I do five, if I do five days a week? That's four books a week. I mean, four books a day. Could you do four books a day? Now you're making a thousand dollars a month, just extra money. Now, if you're in college or if you're in high school, that's pretty good money for you. Or we can do 40 or we can do 40 books a month. But you got to put in more work. So it's just a numbers game. So that's what we teach you guys through the digital real estate. And all you have to do is go to ABS class to 555-888 and we'll give you a call to sign you up. Okay. That's brilliant. Brilliant, brilliant, brilliant. And and you don't have um, to you don't have to rush your answers. We here, man. Go ahead and ask. If you got a question for her or myself, just ask. Okay. Um, I 
Yes, this is my last question, and this one goes out to uh, Miss Wendy, um, Sister Wendy. So, uh, this is a little personal, but it's okay. Um, so, I struggle with college. I've always struggled like academically and things of that nature. And I recall, like on the last, uh, you know, podcast or you know, time you were here, uh, you said that you were you had to shift mentally um, out of the. Uh, it was different for you, but you were always good, great A, uh, a student, and you had to shift out of that in order to get into your, you know, entrepreneurial spirit. For me, it's a little different because um, I, I like, struggle with college. It's not that I don't get it. I just feel, personally, it's a waste of time, and it's not where me as a creative person with, you know, a whole bunch of creative energy and a whole bunch of ideas... Um, I don't feel like it's where I should be, but I am scared to take that, you know, I want to drop out, but, you know, um, to, to move, to, to be somewhere in life where I feel a bit more happy or I, I feel like I'm receiving my full worth that I can put out to the world. If that makes sense. Um, do you have any thoughts or anything you, you can, you know, say about that? Anything? Brother Ben, can you summarize so I can make sure I got it right? I think I did. I, I was not hearing him well, but... He basically said he's in college. He doesn't feel like college is uh, pretty much worth it for him. He's uh, It's, it's kind of like he's there wasting his time because he wants to be more creative. And he kind of... You, you basically were saying you don't know how to, I guess, transition out of that. Or what's your thoughts on that, right? Correct. Yes. Yeah. So... I mean, I, you know, I hate to say this, but if you don't want to be in college, then don't be in college. Um, if you figure out what it is you want to do and you can go get some direct training, whether it's a certificate and whatever skill set it is that you feel like you want to do in order to start your business, then I would say go out and do that because you sh you're not going to be beneficial doing anything that you don't not you don't necessarily want to do. And the fact that you don't want to be there, if you're forced to be there, you, you may not even be learning anything. You might just be wasting your money and your time. So you might feel better as a person. Let's say you're an IT person and you want to learn um, a certain program. Then if you went to school and went to an IT program where you went to a nine month or a 12 month program, got certification in how to utilize that program and you became an expert, certified, or whatever, um, and you can hire yourself out as a consultant and then also be more creative, you might be much more productive. So, I, you know, I would be the first to say to you, if, if you don't want to be there, then don't be there. But make sure that you have a plan that, that you can tackle and that you can, you can do when you do leave. Don't just leave and then go sit on the couch. Brother, let me ask you this. Why are you there? Um, so I'm currently there. I'm currently there um, to learn. Uh, okay. Let me, let me. So I'm there currently. I study um, IT, basically. Mm -hmm. And what I, I'm looking towards the future because online is going to be everything but i don't feel like like the the classroom setting was never the setting for me mm. I can. um go ahead yeah 
I'm sorry. So sitting sitting in the classroom was never for me. I do understand that, you know, college is a step up. There's people who have experience, 20 years experience or more, but they are on the lower levels of sometimes what a college student gets, even if I were to go get my bachelor's or something like that. I'll have a step up just in a in a corporate world if you if that makes sense so like it's a long-term viewpoint but still sitting in class is what it's 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 harder to get over that stump when when me as a creative person me as a entrepreneur i have a you know creative spirit entrepreneur spirit and it's like those ideas i really want to get out and put into the world but at the same time i understand the long-term benefit of going technological and things of that nature and having the skills in technology but i don't feel like i feel like it's like slowing me down if that makes sense so let me ask you this what 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 are you creative in doing what what do you want to put out what is your dream career so uh it's not a career um so i'm gonna say i'm gonna say entrepreneur i know that's very broad Mm -hmm. but i'm gonna say that um one i'm a poet so i know i want to release a project as far as books go I know that I want to, um, I want to change, like I want to have, you know, digital real estate, um, as far as like some apps, some, some app ideas that I have. And, um, I just like have, I keep a book of ideas, um, that I, I want to go do my research and put out. Um, I want to have an invention idea that I, I've, I was like, these are like projects that I'm currently and trying to uh, figure out how to start and researching on but this is, those are just like a couple things so it's like it varies and and i i have once i have the idea i really want to get started on it right now um i currently work and i go to school and school i feel like you know like i said it slows me down so let me I let me like- let me say this none of those things that you name seem sound like uh you need that degree to do those things and uh, I can speak to this personally myself. I don't know how long you've been watching me or if you know my story, but I dropped out of mm-hmm. college myself. Uh, the mm-hmm. only reason I went to college was to play basketball. And I told my mom that I told my parents that and I don't think they believe me because when I went, um, I love basketball. I was an All-American basketball player. And once I got there, it started to feel like a job to me. It was no longer fun. And that's when mm-hmm. I was just now learning about the teachings of the Honorable Elijah Muhammad as taught by the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan. And I would put stuff out on social media and seeing people wake up by me sharing that really felt way better than me scoring 40 points and in, 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 in leading the nation in assists. It filled the void that mm-hmm. I had because, you know, I heard one time, you know, you can do things for yourself and that feels good. But the real service or the real void that we're, that we're trying to fill is by serving others. And when I came into the nation, um, I really found that that was my calling and I dropped out of college and it, it wasn't nice. It was hard for me uh, because my parents Spent all this money investing in my basketball career. Whenever I had a game out of town, they was there. Whenever I need shoes, they paid for it. Whenever I need jersey, they paid for it. So I battled in my mind, how can I How can I quit basketball and they invested so much into me? How can I quit basketball when I started at the age of two? How can I quit basketball when people from the hood is expecting me to go? How can I just quit? Because I knew I was going to let them down. But what I found was if I keep going, doing something I don't want to do, I'm going to make other people happy. 
happy and I'm not going to make myself happy. And if I'm not happy and passionate about it, I'm not going to perform at the level that I need to perform at, which is going to disappoint them anyway. And then when I think about it, I said, well, these people are twice my age, probably three times my age. I'm going to be living after they pass on, living a life miserable. And then this I'm going to be miserable and it's going to cause me to be resentful. I'm going to hate them now. I can't believe they got me in this and they gone. They living their life. They living in peace. Now, I hate them. Uh, unwittingly or, or unknowingly subconsciously because I'm doing something that they want me to do, not something that I want to do. That's why I asked why are you there? Because you got a lot of parents and a lot of people that try to live through their children. You got a lot of parents, you got a lot of adults that try to live their life that they wasn't able to live through you and they get mad at you and make you feel guilty for feeling the way that you feel. They may have a job, a nine to five job. They may have a degree and they aren't successful. You see them every day. They love Fridays because they off and they hate Sundays because they got to go back to work. Yet they tell you to do the same thing that they did, but you see the results that they have. So you have to have strength and you have to have the courage to, to, to really take the leap. That's what I did. When I dropped out of college, I got cussed out. I'm 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 gonna just I'm gonna just keep it real. I got cussed out. Oh, them Muslims gonna get you killed. Uh, I even heard well, since, uh, uh, well, well, don't ask me for nothing then. See, that's fear. Now I'm like, damn. Okay, I, this is the time when I need support. This is the time when I expect somebody to say, okay, I'm 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 gonna be there with you and whatever you need, I got you. This is not the time to to hear. Well, if you ask for anything, don't don't ask me for nothing since you ain't going this route. So now I'm somebody who not really ready for this. I All I know about business, what I learned on Google, all I learned, know about business, what I know on YouTube. So I'm learning as I go. But I had belief in God and I knew what the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan said about doing for self was right and exact because I seen his life. So in life, we not only need a mentor, but we need a model. How is it that somebody else is 26, 27, 28, 30 and they able to be successful and I'm not? So you have to you have to have a plan as well. So the idea or the strategy that I would give to you is the same strategy that the minister gave about people who's on a job, which is the still away method. See, the still away method is this. Hey, I'm working this job while you're on this job. This extra money that you got, put it to the side, start building that brand, put it to the side, start building up your marketing, start building your website, start investing in those projects that you're talking about. And then once that's able to sustain you, then you go ahead and quit. And don't worry about what your mama say. Don't worry about what your daddy say. Don't worry about what these adults are saying because you got to live your life and you got to learn. And the fact that you are young, guess what? You can always go get a job. See, if if something happens to my business, I'm young, I'm strong. I can go get a warehouse job, a warehouse job and still get it. I may not want to do that, but I can do it. Now, if I'm 50 and I'm 40, I may not be able to lift up them big boxes like I used to do. So you always can go back to getting a job. Take the leap. Do for self. And if you stay diligent. If you stay patient and you move strategically, see the benefit that you have, brother, you can call into a show like this and talk to Sister Wendy Muhammad. You can talk to myself who's been there. You can take a course. She just gave you the books that you need to be successful. I didn't know what books to read. I didn't know who to call on necessarily to get the step by step about entrepreneurship online. I had to learn this stuff on my own. Oh, man, I can make money doing this right here. Oh, I can do T-shirt. Oh, I can do music. Oh, I can do a podcast. I learn this stuff as I go. Now you got somebody in front of you that can show you how to actually do it. So it's important for you to know the destination and where you're going. Because I, I say this all the time and then I'm going to get up off of it because I don't want to preach too long. When I open up my phone with Siri, Siri does not give me any directions until I put the destination in. 
So you must first know where your destination is. Then you'll be clear and get clear instructions and guidance from other people to know where to actually go and get that direction. So I hope that helped, brother. Yes, 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 sir. Thank you. I appreciate it. I needed to hear that. I hope it helped everybody out there as far as the questions go. Thank you for your time. Y'all have a good one. Thank you. Peace. Brother Ben, that's very wise, wise counsel coming from you. And, and I just thank you for who you are and where you are. And you you may or may not know this about me, but I like setting up partnerships with conscious people. So I want us to sit down and talk about creating digital real estate for Sajda House. Yes, ma'am. And for the mind of an entrepreneur. Praise be to Allah. Yes, ma'am. We can definitely do that. Uh, I know there's a sister who called, who who texted and said you want to know a little bit about the hospital. You was a nurse or something. So call okay. in. So call in at this time, um, sister. I can't think about what your name is now because of the comments. But the phone lines is open. Let me put the number in one more time uh, so you guys can see it. So there goes the number in the chat room. Anybody who wants to call in. Uh, this is your time. You got a, a, a multi millionaire on the line. You got a brother who's striving to get there, who's uh, doing for himself, learning as I go. So anything y'all want to ask about, man, uh, hospitals, building a business, scaling a business online, go ahead and call in while we have her on the line. And, and, and what I love about that other brother, you can tell he actually studied the other interview. He was quoting what you were saying and everything. I know. <laughs> so people are really watching and studying these podcasts, man. So it just really, uh, when I get those type of testimonies and people say that stuff, it just reminds me how impactful uh, this stuff actually is. Peace, family. Thank you for checking out the Brother Ben X podcast. Many people are wondering, what can I do now since digital real estate closed on October the 1st? I still want to learn how to make money on social media. I still want to learn how to market and I still want to learn how to build my brand. Well, there's one more way that you can do it. It's a couple ways, but I want to tell you all about the ABS tribe. The ABS tribe is weekly coaching every Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday for only $50 a month. If you are looking for accountability, if you're looking for a group of people that's willing to inspire you, help you out, support you, encourage you, you want to get inside of our ABS tribe because every Tuesday and Thursday, me and Brother Jake or one of our more top million dollar friends or six-figure friends are on teaching you every single week. If you want to join the ABS tribe, go to www.whatisabstribe.com, www.whatisabstribe.com. Yeah, it's a beautiful thing because at to be where you are at your age and um, it, it, it only is a testimony of where you're going to be by the time you're in your late 40s, Indeed. early 50s. It's only it's, it's I can just see how how beautiful your life is going to unfold for you. So just you got to just stay smart and keep being an example. Yes, ma'am. Can you talk about uh, while they decide if they're going to call in or not? Can you talk about one of the struggles you have or had as a entrepreneur and uh, how you was able to overcome it? Yeah. Um, so I think I talked before about being trained. When you're a good student and you come out of the school system like I came out of, the Midwestern school system, good student, gifted student, AP classes, you learn to become a super employee. Mm. And so you don't really learn how to do for self. You're not taught that. And so um, 
for me, when I got into those environments and I realized like, man, I'm, I'm way smarter than these people who are running the company. I'm way smarter than the people who are my supervisors and my managers. But for some reason, they just think I'm the super employee. I'm the cleanup woman. They would have jokes. Oh, call the cleanup woman. She'll fix it. She'll figure it out. And I got tired. But um, the challenge that I had, Brother Ben, was uh, ego. Mm. So when you've been reinforced as that smart person, the AP student, the gifted student, and then the 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 super employee, um, all of that stuff is it reinforces your ego. And so that's why I did a show on my co- podcast called Big Ego Little Pockets, because you get to the point where you start thinking you're too good to do certain things. You you broke it down and said, look, this is why I need to leave college. But somebody sometimes trained as a super employee, you know, may not want to do that. So it's your ego that you then have to get over. And for myself, that's what I had to work on. So when I couldn't figure things out, when I was struggling, see, I thought that I'd just be able to go and open up a business, start selling real estate, hang my shingle out there as a business consultant, and I'd automatically be successful. Mm. I couldn't understand why it didn't work. It didn't make sense to me because, it, you know, I was doing good in the corporate world and I'd done good in school, but it wasn't working because of my ego. I, I, I was ashamed and afraid to work hard, to let people see me working hard for myself. And I had to come to the conclusion. I said, Wendy, the same thing you do for them, you need to be you need to love yourself enough to do it for yourself. There it is. So whoever this is, thank you for calling the Brother Ben X podcast. What's your name and where you calling from? Hi, peace. Uh, my name is Shaybah Muhammad. Um, can you hear me? Yes, ma'am. Okay. Yeah, so I'm calling because I have a question, and I apologize. I wasn't here um, when you started the show, so I apologize if this is something you may be covered already. But um, I'm a metalsmith and a jewelry designer, and um, I make jewelry that's inspired by, um, uh, like, contemplation and intentional living. And so um, my business, and I knew that I needed to sort of transition and focus more on digital just for sustainability reasons. But um, for a long time, my business really has been, I mean, up until now, my business has been sustained through live um, in-person events and like art shows and everything. And my revenue was good. So I wasn't really, um, I didn't feel too pressed to switch to focusing on um, creating digital, like a digital presence. Um, I have a small one, but it's not something that really drives a major source of revenue. Um, So right now I'm kind of in a position where... um, I feel a little bit uncomfortable selling to my customers, knowing um, just like what's going on with everything right now, jewelry, just because it doesn't feel like something um, that's a necessity for people uh, at the time. And this is just me in my mind. And so my thoughts um, are that I'm thinking of transitioning more into that intentional living aspect um, behind my design that people are really drawn to that but i'm not really sure how should i make that pivot one and then i'm not really sure if i do decide to make that pivot is that then going to be something that i can drive you know revenue from if i decide to make that switch what's your thought i hope that makes sense um so yeah i know that makes a lot of sense sis 
Um, so first thing off, um, I heard you say you were a metalsmith and jewelry designer. And you felt a little bit guilty sometimes during these times when people may not necessarily need jewelry, selling jewelry. Mm -hmm. um, certainly, Brother Ben can help you to create the digital real estate behind what I'm getting ready to tell you. And um, hold on one second. Let me plug up my iPad here. Um, uh just so you guys know, uh, you can only call when somebody is off the line. So one at a time, please, Brother Danubi and everybody, all the uh, my modern uh, moderators, please remind them in the comment section that while somebody is live, uh, you can't call in waiting until they are off. Okay. So um, one of the things you can do with your brand, sis, and your jewelry design is tie it to a cause. And cause and conscious entrepreneurship and profiting with a purpose is something that is really big right now and then what you do is once you find the cause once you design the product find the cause tie it to the cause and then get with somebody like brother ben and create that digital real estate so that people who buy into your cause will then go out and buy the product and then you can continue to build and to build from there you can still do your shows when we're allowed to go back out and do group gatherings but i think as an additional way to make money is to tie your brand and a design to a cause and then use digital real estate to really get get the brand out there and to make money virtually um and i would say okay. I, I would say sister you need to do how, how much how often do you create content um, I'll create little videos just sort of um, showing the jewelry or like a behind the scenes every now and then, but it's not anything that's um, really elaborate. I um, every I would say maybe like once a quarter or something, I'll probably do like a live and ask a live stream and people get to ask questions and people seem to enjoy it, but I just never felt like I had the time to really um, do it as in depth as I would like to. Mm -hmm. um, we got to do more. Have the time to do it now, um, but uh, I'll, I'll let you finish because I did have a question for Sister Wendy, but I'll let you finish. Yeah. So I, I, you don't don't let this time uh, make you feel like everybody is in a crisis because everybody is not. Uh, there are people who prepare for this. There are people who got tons of money saved up and they're not bothered at all by this, whether they're at home or at work. The reason I asked about the content is because your audience will let you know if it's insensitive or not. If you're making constant content and weekly content and you're saying and you're and you're letting them know about the building process, the making process. And you may have 50 people telling you, I want to buy this one. And you think people is trying to get tissue. They trying to get a bracelet because they good. They got tissue already. Mm -hmm. so create the content. And, 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 uh, and when I say create content, not just, hey, guys, buy this. Like she said, tie it to a cause. Right. Talk about the value. Talk about the emotional part about it, how they're going to feel when they're wearing it, what this means to them. Not just, hey, buy a bracelet because I'm black and I got it. So once you got that cause, once you know your target audience, create content marketing. And content marketing is not selling, it's brand building. You know, uh, Nike is about mm -hmm. just do it. They're about pushing the limit they're about athletes and everything like that they're not just saying hey i got a nice shoe buy it so at this point i'll start to create content and content and even if they don't buy during this crisis let's say you're a group of people that follow you maybe they are focused on getting tissue 
If you're creating this content and value, remember they're at home. If they're entertained by you, you're giving them value. Once they do get the money after the crisis, now you already built up trust and the following of people who will support you afterwards. But I just wouldn't assume that everybody is not interested in buying that at this time. Just put the content out there and let the people decide. Let the market decide, not you. Okay. Okay. So my um, other question for Sister Wendy was uh, when you talked about getting behind a cause. And so my jewelry is kind of has, well, the brand behind it is, is fo- it focuses on intentional living. So what I do is all of the pieces are named after, um, have Arabic names, but the names are things that um, inspire uh, mostly o- overcoming trial. And so it's, they're meant to be like contemplative pieces. And so customers really appreciate that. But I feel like I just kind of draw a block when it comes to creating content around that. Um, and so I'm not sure if that's what you were talking about when you said a cause or if you meant like partner with a nonprofit. No, you just said it right there. Or sis. You said that it's okay. intentional living and that each piece has a certain intention to it. Um, and you have right. a lot of people like like people like myself. I don't buy jewelry and stuff without some level of intention to it. Every piece that I wear, and I wear a lot of jewelry. Um, I buy a lot of jewelry. I, I buy, I buy jewelry when I probably shouldn't buy jewelry. Um, but my point is that if it's if you if I saw your program or your podcast, like Brother Ben talked about, and I saw you talking about the intention behind a particular piece of jewelry. Um, you would probably catch somebody like me and other people and then people will see me and then guess what? It gives me a conversation piece. So for example, Mm. I wear a tourmaline necklace that I got from a mastermind uh, program that I went to with Tony Robbins. It's a conversation piece. People say, what is that? What does it do? Why do you wear it? I wear certain rings and jewelry. It has intention. So that's your content. That's your cause right there. Yep. I'm sorry was somebody about to say something oh no I was just saying I agree okay well that's all the questions I have I feel like I'm um, ready to go now and jump into making some content Uh, I really appreciate um, both of you for going on live and just answering questions it's very helpful What's her name, Brother Ben? What's your name again, sis? Sheba Muhammad. Say it again. Sheba. Sheba. Mm-hmm. Sheba Muhammad. Sheba, send me some um, pictures of your jewelry. Okay. I, should I send it to you on um, Instagram or um, or email, maybe? Uh, Instagram is fine. Send me your Instagram page and... Or send me your email address via Instagram so I can see it. Okay, I sure will. Okay. Okay, thank you both so much. I really appreciate it. You're welcome. You're welcome. All right, let's get that person in. We're going to do one more call because we're already over an hour and I don't want to capture too long. Let's do this one more call. Uh, Whoever that was that was trying to call in while uh, she was actually live. Whoever that was. But uh, I, I think anybody who has uh, jewelry, clothing, it all needs to be tied um, to a story um, or a cause or something, especially if you don't have a big brand. 
Because when you think about it, people buy polo shirts and Nike shirts because it's a Nike shirt. You literally can go to Payless or not Payless, but, you know, Ross or something like that and get the same collar shirt, uh, similar quality. And people are willing to pay 80 just because it has a logo on it. Just because somebody's going to say, man, he got that. I mean, he got that polo or man, he got that Jordans or man, well, he ain't got them K-Swiss on. So it's all about brand and story. And uh, we just have to think about our lives as well. What would we be willing to buy? What would I buy? What's the purpose behind it? Like billion, even your pricing, pricing, brother, billionaire PA talks about pricing. He stepped in his car. Uh, what is it like 36 months or something like that? He has like his stuff like that. But his books be like thirty six dollars and thirty ninety three cents. He got a book that's nine hundred and. 98 or 936 dollars 68 cents so he has the story behind it and people really buy a book for 900 plus dollars y'all probably don't believe me i've seen it people buy his book for 900 plus dollars but his it's, it's nice though it's big he got velvet in it sometime he got gold pages black pages and he ties it into his story how many months how many years he was homeless how many months he stayed in his car how many t-shirts he sold all that kind of stuff they're buying into the story not necessarily the book and the uh, the product alone. So think about that even when you guys are discussing and thinking about your prices. Mm-hmm. All right, guys. I don't know who that was trying to call in. Maybe they left. Uh, but with that being said, Sister uh, Wendy Muhammad, I thank you for coming on, adding value uh, once again. Uh, I'm pretty sure hopefully we'll do this thing again. Look forward to working with you with the digital real estate with the house. Um, absolutely and, and, and things of that nature and uh please share this with your friends and family as well don't be selfish it, it, this is the coronavirus the quarantine time and so they're at home they don't know what to do they're watching uh hip-hop of Atlanta they're watching something that's not improving their mind and I want you guys to think about this a lot of people was talking about man I sure wish I had time I don't have enough time to be an entrepreneur I don't have enough time to get this done now with this time is the time to get it done this ain't the time to just take a break. See, now we get to see the real inside of our minds and see if we truly serious. We should not right. get up in the morning and say, I'm bored. We should right. not get up in the morning and say, what's to play? What we're going to do? We got so many things that we can do. We are so far behind that we should not get up talking about we don't have anything to do. Even if it's just reading a book. I'm reading another chapter today. I'm going over this paragraph today. I'm re-going over this paragraph today because as you notice, what you will notice as you live. See, when you experience certain things, when you go back and read a book, you'll notice something in the book that you didn't notice the first time. See, it's like having it's like having a new car. When you get a new car, now you start to notice everybody got this car, but you didn't notice it at first because it was out of sight, out of mind. Thank you, Felicia Horn. Uh, Horn for that support uh i see quindell said trying to call back now brother okay call in we're gonna do we're gonna end off with you sister felicia horn thank you for that support let me let me put the number back in call in now brother what's your name cornell uh oh quindell i'm sorry quindell mitchell there's the number go ahead and call in and that'll be our last call uh of the evening If it's not working, uh, if you if you comfortable putting your number in the chat, I'll call you as well. If it's not working, I'll just call you if it's not allowing you to call in. While you guys are waiting, I got I got a powerful lineup coming. Uh man, I got Nino Brown 305 coming. 
Ajna coming. Okay, here we go. Peace. Welcome to the Brother Ben X podcast. What's your name? Where are you calling from? Peace, Brother Ben. My name is Pepper Sparks. I'm from St. Louis. I'm the sister that had posted about opening a hospital. Ah, there we go. I've been looking for you. Come on in here. Yeah. See, in St. Louis, we, we've had only one uh, black-owned hospital. And I've worked in healthcare for over eight years now, and I get the ins and outs of it, but I want to open up my own healthcare facility. Whoever that is calling in, wait until this sister get off the line. Uh, can you turn us down in the background? I hear a little echo. Yes. Okay. I have mine turned down in the background. Now I can hear you a little better. Okay. But uh, no. Uh, uh, we, I heard your question. I was just letting this other person know. Uh, you can't call in while she's on. All these questions are going to be directed to Sister Wendy. She, she knows all this. It's not me. <laughs> also, working inside the um, healthcare facility for so many years, like I've seen how different practices been passed on and pushed on to African American people which isn't good for our bodies. So I worked, I started out in nursing homes as a CNA, and I started out at a level two or a level three facility, and now I worked at a level one trauma facility for over the past eight years. And even with this coronavirus thing, a lot of healthcare professionals are really afraid, even when it comes to our bodies, because they don't even know how to, <clears throat> to attack the virus not just for them, but for us as well. So they don't even know what to go, how to go about things. I'm trying to make, I'm kind of nervous because I don't, I'm more of an introvert. <laughs> However, like as far as, <laughs> so as far as the footwork and everything, I get it. I'm in school. Um, like I said, I've been working in healthcare for several years. Um, black, my primary and my sole goal is to open up a facility solely for us. Like our bodies cannot consume, we cannot consume the same things that a lot of these cave beasts, well, white people, what they what they can consume, even from medications to foods and everything. And even if you tell them that, they look at you funny, you get different treatment, or they dismiss you. And even coming from a healthcare professional um, standpoint, like with this coronavirus, there's a few of us that are uh, that work there, and we have religious exemption forms. Saying that we are exempt from getting any of the um, the the vaccinations and different shots and stuff that they're trying to push on us. So instead of them actually um, accepting it and respecting our uh, beliefs, they're they're trying to push us to the background. Or and as much help as we need, like it's terrible right now. Like as much help as we need, they'll say, "Well, you just stay home until the virus is over with." So, so the so, so the disrespect and everything has been extremely high. Oh, you so had a question. Let me let me ask you a few questions. So, first off, yeah, healthcare disparity is is alive and well, and um, there's there's lots of things wrong with our healthcare system, and we could take up two or three days worth of Brother Ben's podcast talking about that. So now the question becomes, how do we fix it? And how do we develop systems that improve upon what it is that we see? So my qu first question for you is, what's your certification? Are, did you say you're a doctor or a nurse or? 
No, I'm a nurse now, and I'm actually still in school. So right now I'm taking up a dual program where I'm taking up nursing at UMSL, and then I'm actually finishing up my business degree over here at um, Harris State University. Okay. And what kind of health facility do you want to open? I want... I want to start, it's going to start off small, of course. However, I want to be able to just, I, I don't want to be a level one trauma facility. However, I want to be able to serve the people with whatever they need. I don't want like a clinic or anything. I actually want like a full ran hospital, maybe like with just a few beds and it'll grow over time. So, but I was confused about how to uh, go about it, starting one. Oh. Yeah, so the first thing to think about and define what needs that you want to address. So so our need that we wanted to address, we we started off with a surgery center because we said if people come in and they need help with something, we want to be able to do something. Doesn't always uh -huh. mean that everybody that comes to us gets surgery, but we're not going to just see you and then write a few notes and, and send you to the next doctor. We actually yes. want to. We actually wanted to be able to say what people in this demographic need is for somebody to do something about whatever it is that's wrong with them. So that was that was our thing. Some people, some people are focused on nursing homes. Some people say they want a full fledged hospital because they want to have place for people to convalesce. So I ask that question because people have, or um, there's different classifications in order for you to open a facility. And so you have to figure out what type of facility that you wanna open. What we did in our facility, we basically have three facilities in one. So we have a physician services side, which is like a clinic side. Then we have an ambulatory surgery center side. And then we have a freestanding surgery center side. And then we have all the other ancillary things outside of long-term care. And so once you decide what category or what class of facility you want to go into, then you have to go to your, depending on what jurisdiction you're in, whether it's a state run jurisdiction or county or city and figure out what are the regulations for opening that type of facility up and what do you need to do? And that's the first thing. It's very highly regulated. It's, it's very, very, um, heavy on the legal side um it was four years before four years and about three million dollars before we even put a shovel in the ground okay. and that's just from um understanding regulations there's regulations in terms of the type of walls that you can use the type of tile you can put on the floor all that's usually driven by your local jurisdiction but you first have to be clear on the type of center that you want you know, do you want a community center, you know, and then to become a trauma center, you mentioned something about level one trauma to become yeah. a trauma center. There's steps and there's a process. I don't, I don't know that you can just start off being a trauma center. So that would be the first thing is define the type of center that you want, get the regulations and figure out what is required. And then your business plan will speak to that. And okay. then you go from there. Then you start figuring out how do I get the money? Where do I find the land? Then you do your study on location and demographic 
And I will say to you that a lot of times we say, okay, I want to open up this hospital for our people. You do have to figure out how you're going to sustain that hospital. So people have to have insurance or they have to have money to pay you so you can pay your staff and pay yourself in order to maintain your facility. And so if you want it to be a free clinic, that's another uh, class and certification. But all of those things you have to lay out and think about first and plan out. And then you move forward with with going about doing it. But it's a it's a lot of research and planning to begin with. I've been um, researching and looking at some more land and looking up our state laws and regular uh, regulations and everything. Um, I, w I would like to start out like as a small community hospital. Okay, over, so if you, you want to start like out to... as a co small community hospital, um, find out from your state how many beds that is. And that's going to help you determine what your budget is, what's required. So now that you know what that is, now you can put your whole business plan together and your business plan has to include how you get around the regulation. Um, do you need a certificate of need um, or can you just open one as long as the population is there? Um, those are all the things that you got to put together. Once you put that together in a package, you'll be able to approach hospital developers like myself and some of the others that are out here and we can really sit down and understand how viable um, what you proposed is. Yes, ma'am. They've also uh, closed a lot of uh, our high schools and our men, like our minority schools within the um, St. Louis Public School District. And I was actually looking into some of the ones that need like slight, uh, like just a little bit of uh, construction or refurbishing and thinking about changing them into like a smaller hospital in a sense. Yeah, you, you just have to find out because there's federal regulations on construction. And so it's, it's difficult to convert an existing facility into a medical facility because there's all kinds of things like air handling and the type of furnace and the type of uh, moisture and bacteria reduction that your, <clears throat> excuse me, that your mechanical system has to have to have. So you may or may not be able to do that in the area that you live in. That's usually um, somewhat federally regulated, the construction side of it. Okay, I'm going to look into uh, that a little bit more. Do you have any books that you recommend? I would just go to the federal guidelines. If you go online and look at the, the federal health care construction guidelines, um, yeah. there's, there's a whole website if, if you bought the book, I think the book might be a thousand pages, but it will then break down uh, what the requirements are for each class of facility. And then what you have to do, if you have to match that up with your state or local regulations, and once you, once you figure that out, you'll figure out which ones have jurisdiction. Okay. Thank you so much. You're welcome. And thank you, Brother Ben, for your information actually having to open this platform up for us. Yes, ma'am. Thank you for joining. Thank you. Have a good one. All right. All right. All right. So that's going to be the end of the Brother Ben X podcast with our sister, my auntie, sister, your auntie. Uh, <laughs> Wendy <laughs> Muhammad. And I look forward to having her back again. Do you have any closing statements? 
No, I just want to tell everybody to keep their head. I, yes, I do. Not no. Yes, I do. Tell everybody to keep their heads up. Um, stay focused. Use this time to reprogram your mind. Take advantage of it. Um, we've been here before. Uh, we'll make it through. But it's all about how you weather the storm, not whether or not there's a storm there. So I, I've been saying this all week. Um, if there's a storm, you can't calm the storm, but you can calm yourself. So you should be studying, you should be focusing, you should be praying, you should be exercising, you should be losing weight, you should be getting on your dietary plan, you should be focused on the things that you want, so that when you come up out of this, you're prepared to receive what it is that you want. Indeed. Uh, I have to uh, end that one because uh, we got to go, so please tune in to the next podcast. So. Uh, if you tune in as soon as I send the text out and you watch, you have that opportunity to, uh, to call in. But, hey, I'm doing podcasts all throughout the week. I'm got, I got some powerful guests coming up, and after I let her go, I'll kind of let you guys know who's going to be coming up soon. So thank you again for coming on. Look forward to uh, uh, doing this with you next time. As-salamu alaykum. Wa alaykum salam. All right, family. So uh, let me tell you guys who I got coming up. Uh, because y'all gonna love these guests. I got Brother Killer Mike coming. Y'all know he's gonna bring the heat. Uh, Brother Killer Mike is gonna be one of them. Coolest CEO, uh, Nino Brown. Many of you guys probably heard of Nino Brown through Instagram and Facebook. He uh, he touches a lot of street brothers because he comes from a street perspective. 19 Keys, Reza Islam, Wallow267. Uh, He's the one who does the uh, Million Dollar Worth of Game podcast with Brother Gilly the King. Uh, billionaire PA, uh, D1 Music, Sister Ajna, uh, and many more are going to be on. So I'm going to be bringing you guys information from powerful leaders in our community. Of course, I have my podcast just in case you consider me powerful at all, but you know, probably not. Anyways, but we'll bring other people along so we can bring you guys that knowledge that I don't have. Because remember, we are all God's children of the Most High God. And whatever I don't know, another brother may know. Whatever he don't know, another sister may not know. So please subscribe to the podcast. You can go to Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify. Look up Brother X Podcast. I literally am uploading episodes every day. Every day I'm uploading a new episode. So tap in. And if you guys would like to support me via Cash App, you can do so by supporting, uh, by going to dollar sign. Brother Ben X on Cash App. Dollar sign, brother, all spelled out proper, brother Ben X on Cash App, and you can support there. So thank you guys for listening. Y'all have a blacktastic night. Assalamu alaikum. So many people ask me, Brother Ben X, man, how do I know that you're going live? How do I know when you're producing a podcast? And I saw you also just made a hundred in $30,000 in two days. Well, there's a way that you guys can get informed from us via text message. All you have to do is text 50K to 210-504-4094, and we'll give you more information with free game, and we'll let you guys know how we made $130,000 in two days. Text the word 50K to 210-504-4094. We'll give you updates, notifications, and let you guys know how we made 130000 in two days. Peace.